This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show, your official podcast home for the 2020 Orlando Magic playoffs as they make their way to the NBA Finals. My mm. co-host, as always, Luke Sylvia. What it do, baby? Well, I mean, if it's any help, I mean, I, I'm better than I was last week when it comes to being an Orlando Magic fan. Uh, last week, things were bleak, Jonathan. Um, you know, you kept talking about from the Twitter account, can things get any worse? Um, you know, and obviously that happened really after the J.I. injury. Um, the Magic, you know, then the Aaron Gordon-Kyle Lowry incident happens. All my homies hate Kyle Lowry. Facts. And, uh, and so that happened. And then we we're like, can it get any worse? A.G. misses the finale of the regular season. Um, we win against a really bad Pelicans team. Uh, and then... Um. Then they say for game one, Aaron Gordon questionable, MCW doubtful. Uh, would have loved both of their presence on defense. Um, I'm I'm hoping that they're back out there soon. But but then the the Magic gave us a gift. They bestowed it upon us. Uh, courtesy, it was delivered by Nikola Vucevic and 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 every. I mean, really, it was a total team effort. There really wasn't 100%. anything else to be said. The whole team just just delivered it to us with Nikola Nikola Vucevic at the helm. I mean, it was the insane. boys popped off, Luke. They did. They they they, they looked at, at Giannis and they're like, you know, I, I'm definitely concerned a little bit, but I packed that thing too. <laughs> you come around this way, you will get clapped. Well, I mean, you you had guys that just did their job. That's just all it boiled down to. Uh, Gary Clark, you could debate, did more than his job. Maybe being tasked at times with defending Giannis. Um, and then also hitting four of 12 threes, which if you do the math, that's only 33%. But, I mean, that's average. That's what we need. They just do your job, hit a few threes for us from behind the heart arc. I mean, that, that's what they that's what the Bucks struggle with, right? That That is the thing that they are known most for is giving up threes because they pack the lane so tight. But when your center is Steph Curry for a game, facts, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. You, Brooke Lopez scared to come out to contest the shot uh, for fear of, you know, failing his team on anchoring the paint. And Nik- Nikola Vucevic says, it doesn't matter. I'm hitting it from anywhere. He's it just d- making it, it rain. It doesn't matter. No, no, it, doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Super early in this game, um, well, really before the game, we were like, man, like, are, are we ready to get killed? And I said, I was really saying it more hopeful than anything. But I said, we're getting this W today. And you were like, uh, I don't know about that. And I was like, look, there's no room for pessimism today. We you just kind of we, we got to yeah. just go into this hoping that, you know, good things are going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Magic go down five, like super, super early. Um, yeah. But then basically Vooch just turns it on. Right. Vooch well, starts making shots. It, it quickly became the story of the game. So Magic go down. They're, they're facing deficit. They they come roaring back with run of run of their own. I mean, it happened three or four times throughout the game. Specifically in the third quarter, obviously I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but it, it happened right there, and every Magic fan knows what I'm talking about. Giannis banks in a freaking three pointer to put and them down like, like five go. or six. I text you and I'm like, I, I think I know how this half is gonna go. <laughs> All I need to know is that Giannis hit a bank three. Um I thought it, I honestly we we were up one. 
I really didn't have much hope. Call me a pessimist. I call me whatever you want, but but then the Magic respond with another run, like a a big run to extend their lead once again. And that was a story of yesterday. Um, and what separates good teams um, from great teams are you know the great teams can respond when they go down. Basketball is a game game of runs. That stuff's going to happen. Um, but it's the way that you respond to the opposing team's run. And if you respond with a run of your own, it's your game. Well, we're in the third quarter now. But what I was trying to say uh, hey, was hey, that. Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I got you, excited. you got excited. I'm not mad at you. Uh, no, but basically I texted you. I said, if Vooch pot pops off, we legitimately have a shot, right? Because at the beginning of this game, um, like you said, no Aaron Gordon, no MCW, um, you know, no Jonathan Isaac. It's like, how many guys are we going to lose going into this game? And I just felt, and you and I really, you know, had the conversation earlier in the week that um, I, me personally, I didn't have all that much confidence in the Magic's ability to play defense at a high level. Um, at, at times they did. I mean, you still give up 110 points. When you score 122 points, most of the time you're going to win, right? I think when the Magic score um, over like 110 points, I forget what the exact number is, thinking back to Jeff Turner now, but the Magic are like at this point 25-4 and four on the season. So if the Magic are able to score in bunches, chances are they're going to come out with the W, right? But just looking at the, the makeup of the team, looking at you know where are these points going to come from, I had a good feeling if Vooch pops off, we're going to be in good shape. Now there are a lot of questions on Nikola Vucevic coming into this game because the last time that we saw him in the playoffs, he was getting daddied. By Marcus All, like I don't capital, use that term. Capital, capital daddy. Capital daddy. I, I was going to say capital D, but then we're going to have to throw a pause in there. <laughs> but I'm just I'm over the moon, and like we can just really have a flea flow, flea flea flowing, free flowing flea, conversation. Flea flowing, great. Uh, flea yeah, flowing, yeah, yeah. flea flaw, flea flaw flow. Mm-hmm. Um, Sylvester, whatever. <laughs> Shout out to the TikTokers. Um, anyways. Um, we can really just talk about this like we would talk about a, a game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, Vooch well, came up big. I hope it yeah. can continue. Yeah. But just to see him bounce back after the way you, he played you, last you know, year is just awesome. It is. And you know who who didn't have a good game, a great game? We, his buddy. I know where you're going with this. His buddy, Evan Fournier, who was nowhere to be found for three quarters. And if you want to get specific – down to the four minute and 42 second mark of the fourth quarter. I had no, I was putting up posters all over even Omaha. I was, I was putting up posters. Have you seen this man? I mean, it, it, it's, it is incredible. I know he liked that. Uh, it is incredible that he took that long to show up. And, and I am one of the people that, that goes against Evan Fournier all the time. But I would have never thought it would have taken till the fourth quarter with that roster on the court. I mean, you're rolling out guys with big minutes like Gary Clark and James Ennis, and no disrespect to those guys, but those aren't the guys that we expected to play heavy minutes in these playoffs. And so, I mean, I mean, thank goodness for both of those guys, by the way. I mean, you, you had Gary Clark doing what he needed to do, going four for 12. Ennis went two for three from three and three for five from the field with 11 points and eight rebounds. I mean, that's good production from James Ennis someone that I didn't really expect him to show up so soon in the playoffs. Um, but those guys really played their butts off uh, yesterday, um, and, and it was really good to see. Now, if we can just get Evan Fournier to give us his average points per game or just right under it at about 15, 16, that would be great too. 
um, and, and getting those guys in, and Aaron Gordon obviously throwing them in. Um, and then eventually, hopefully, we have Michael Carter-Williams to throw in there um, on guys like Bledsoe and, and those guys to try to slow him down as well. But, I mean, all a very encouraging game all around. I did not expect it. The line was 13. Really expected us to get beat by 15 to 20. Um, wouldn't have been surprised. But, man, that was the, the most surprising thing happened yesterday for us. Well, you talked about Evan, you know, hits his first shot of the night with four yeah. minutes and 50 seconds to go Big in moment. that fourth quarter. And at that time, you know, right before that, um, Wesley Matthews, about a minute before that, cut the lead to 12. Um, you know, or I can't count. What is what is going on here? Yeah, count the lead, cut the lead to 12, um, essentially. And, uh, you know, Evan Fournier comes down, and it's like fading, contested three, hasn't made a shot all night. It's like one of those no, no, yes, it goes in. Mm-hmm. Puts the Magic back up by 15 uh, and then makes his next two threes uh, eventually to put the Magic up by 16 with two minutes and six seconds left. So it was like, where is Evan? Where is Evan? Where is Evan? And then the way that I always judge a basketball game is if one team is trailing and they're able to get the lead under 10, kind of around that five-minute mark, you have a legitimate shot to win the game at that point. If I'm watching – Yeah, and – like 12 to 15 points with five minutes to go it's like you're probably not coming back but I always kind of judge that five minutes left if it's 10 or less you have a shot to win the game right the Bucks are coming back you know Giannis is going to try to do his thing at the end of the game but Evan hits that three uh Vooch misses a layup uh I think DJ had missed a three as well and then Evan hits another three Mm -hmm. we have a turnover Markel misses the three, Vooch gets the rebound, Evan hits another three on a broken play. Puts the lead, you know, extended out to 16. Game was pretty much over at that point. Like, Evan hits those shots, and it's like, I was super, super nervous heading into that last six, five minutes. Evan starts hitting those shots, and it's like, okay, this game is over. We're really about to steal this game. Um, before that, same same as you. I was ready to, to trade him in that instant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but those three threes in the fourth quarter, really, to it, it, those were the three final nails in the coffin of the Bucks um, in game one. But just love to see that, like you said, um, if we can get anything out of Evan, um, you know, in game two, and, you know, similar production from a lot of these guys. Th- and this is the thing, Luke, like last year we win game one in Toronto, and it felt like, man, DJ hit that shot, we really stole one. This didn't feel like that at all. This felt like we beat their butts. Did we lose Luke here? I think we lost Luke. Yep, there's a poor network connection. Anyway, so we lost Luke here, so I'm just going to uh, keep rambling until we really can uh, figure out what's going on with that. Um, looks like I'm still live here, so uh, we'll just keep going here. Trying hey, to Lauren, is get our Wi-Fi working Luke. for you? Not quite sure. What happened? Luke is not online. Do you have a hot uh, phone? All right. (coughs) All right. I'm just going to keep this, uh, keep the show going. The show must go on. As they say, yes, says Luke's frozen. He has been uh, disconnected here from Skype. (coughs) But anyways, uh, looking at the box score here. So we started to talk about Gary Clark, um, you know, 28 minutes, 15 points, four of 12 from the floor, four of 12 from the three point line. Uh, his ability just to hit those shots, Milwaukee has to honor that. Really makes a big difference uh, just for the spacing of that 
first I don't have unit there. Uh, Luke's Wi-Fi went out. That's never a good time. Uh, Markel Fultz, 15 points, 6 of 11 from the floor, 1 of 4 from 3 in his uh, 29 minutes. Good uh, uh, to see Markel show out in his Orlando Magic playoff debut. Really but James Ennis, Gary Clark, those guys were just really bringing the energy. Ken Birch, Wes Awundu off the bench. Just phenomenal showings out of those guys. Uh, really, you know, great effort, obviously, to help propel the Magic uh, to this this win. Uh, Terrence Ross, 18 points off of the bench, 7 of 13 from the floor. Did not make a single three-pointer. Was just doing a really great job uh, getting to the rim, finishing at the rim. Got to the free-throw line a few times. Took care of business there as well. Uh, Terrence adding six rebounds. Had a, a, a few really huge rebounds towards the end of that game. So, uh, man, but just... Great all-around effort from the Magic. Uh, did their best to contain Giannis, 31 points, 17 rebounds, 12 of 25 from the floor. Luke and I talked about it, 3 of 7 from the three-point line, including a banker uh, in the second half, which really started to make you a little bit nervous. But uh, we'll talk more about this when we're able to get Luke back uh, in just a moment. But, what? man, just great effort from the Magic. We're able to knock down shots. Uh. Um didn't play perfect defensively, play but played well time. enough. It really looks like the uh, the um, the goal is just going to be kind of let it's Giannis, you know, on, get his. Um, but at the same time, don't let some of these uh, other guys uh, uh, beat you. You know, um, really packing the paint um, as Giannis is, is coming across half court, kicking it out to, to those other guys. They didn't shoot, you know, absolutely atrocious, just at 33% from the three-point line for the Bucks. Yeah. Magic uh, really uh, taking that advantage. 16 out of 41 three-pointers. Good enough for 39% uh, from the three-point line. So I don't know if that will keep up for the Magic. Um, I'm sure the Bucks will shoot the ball a little bit better. But just kind of as uh, what I was trying to say is that this, this didn't really feel like a fluke. You know what I mean? This felt legitimate. It felt like the Magic just beat the crap out of the Bucks. Um, you know, on on. You know, well, not Tuesday night, Tuesday during the day, but yeah, just great, great W. Looking at the stats here, you know, Milwaukee won the rebounding battle, um, turned the ball long? over one more time looks than like the it. Magic. Um, I think it is. You know, the 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 Bucks definitely got to the free throw line uh, significantly more than the Magic. Magic shooting 19 free throws, Bucks shooting 28 free throws in this game. So, uh, yeah, it would be uh, great to have my co-host right now. Looks like his Wi-Fi went out. We're gonna try. Get him back on here one more time. Don't know that that's going to happen, but like they say, the, the show must go on. We'll definitely talk more about this with Luke um, if he's able to come back. But, um, you know, fully expect Milwaukee to, to bounce back I'll figure it out. Uh, after this game. Definitely expect them to come out. Super, super, you know, intense and, and focused in game two tomorrow night. Um, I don't know if, you know, Orlando is going to get quite the same offensive output from guys like Nikola Vucevic with 35 points, 14 rebounds, 15 of 24, 5 of 8 from the three-point line. Um, his ability to hit the three in this game was just absolutely huge. Uh, as, you know, in, especially in that second half, Luke mentioned, uh, Brooke Lopez was really kind of hesitant to, um, 
you know, leave Vucevic open because he was shooting the ball so well, and that opened up the rim for for quite a few other guys there. I don't think Um, it's working Gary Clark, you know, 15 points. Not sure we're going to get quite that out of him. Um, But if we're able to get better shooting nights out of, like, Evan Fournier, um, you know, Terrence Ross, I don't know if he's going to score too many more points over 18 there. Um, But uh, the fact that uh, he was able to do it in just a bunch of other ways was was really, really encouraging. So, um, when it comes to this series, do I feel like the Magic have a legitimate chance to beat the Bucks? That that I'm still really not sure of. Um, I think the Magic will probably just, given the way that Game One went, um, how hard they played, how focused they were, uh, really their attention to detail for the better part of that game. I do feel like the Magic should be able to get one more win against the Bucks. Uh, obviously, the entire world is shocked that the Magic were able to win Game One. Uh, but I do think the Magic will be able to get one more win, uh, at least. Um, game two is going to be really telling. You know, we won game one against the Raptors last year, came out in game two and got our butts kicked, right? And then got our butts kicked basically for four straight games up out of the playoffs, right? Um, but game two will be very telling. You know, if the Magic are able to stay competitive uh, in game two, I'll feel much better about our chances to win this series. Um, it's really just going to come down to, you know, Every given night, whether or not the Magic have it, whether or not the Magic are able to, you know, knock down shots and, and just keep the same level of intensity and, and focus and, and effort that they did in Game One, uh, you know, whether or not uh, they're going to be able to stay competitive in this series. No home court advantage, which I feel like was a, a huge boost for the Magic in Game One. They didn't have to go into Milwaukee, you know, into that extremely hostile environment, um, you know. And then we don't really have to that to look forward to as it goes into game three and game four. So if we get our butts kicked in game two, it's not like, oh, at least we're going to go home and be able to play in front of our fans. No, the Magic are going to have to bring the same level of intensity, you know, focus, um, attention to detail each game against the Milwaukee Bucks. After the game, Steve Clifford talked about the fact that um, no one was really locked in quite like Nikola Vucevic was as it comes to, like, the um, – you know, studying the film, uh, you know, um, you know the, the shoot-around, kind of as they're covering what was going to be the game plan against the Milwaukee Bucks. He said nobody was asking, you know, the, the type of questions that Vucevic was, uh, which really only comes from watching a ton of film on a team. So uh, it, it was great to see him before the game talk about how motivated he was, um, you know, to really uh, bounce back from last year's playoff performance. He kn- knows that he didn't play really all that well he felt like he was a better player compared to last year um and after game one you you really just can't argue with that whatsoever so a lot of good signs um you know out of the magic in game one again Vucevic playing so well Gary Clark and James Ennis just I felt like the energy and intensity that they brought in that first unit just really helped the magic get off to a great start um obviously uh James Ennis and Gary Clark the the defense that they were able to play on Giannis um, really the entire team. Ken Birch was great um, at kind of stopping Giannis as he tries to build up that head of steam and get towards the rim. So just really like completely down the line. DJ Augustine, it wasn't one of his best nights offensively shooting the ball, uh, but he ends up with 11 assists. Uh, there are some moments where you, know, you still feel like he dribbles a little bit too much uh, as Luke is uh, joining back to the show here. Uh, but even, you know, DJ Augustine, 11 assists, 
Uh, that was uh, great to see from him. Luke, we lost you there for a few minutes. Yeah, my Wi-Fi decided to drop for the first time in ever uh, during the worst time possible. So I'm back. Hey, man, it's all right. I've just been, uh, you know, blowing hot air for the last few minutes here. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Basically gone over, like, the individual performances from, you know, the Magic and, and from the Bucks. Um, talked about really the, the keys, you know, to the Magic winning game one and, and kind of what we have to look forward to um, in game two. So I guess that's kind of where I want to uh, – we'll bring you back in here. Uh, what mm-hmm. do you think really are going to be the, the keys for the Magic in, in game two? Because Milwaukee's going to come out ready to play. Yeah, I mean, we've been here before. Um, for whatever reason, we love game ones. Um, for whatever – yeah, like I said, for whatever reason, we, we love game ones, and we saw that last year. Uh, Magic fans were uh, probably even more enthusiastic than they are right now last year because, you know, of what would be to come. We've learned from our, our past mistakes and, and, and high hopes. So, um, But all that to say, I mean, the next game last year after playing game one against Toronto, they came out with a defensive intensity the Magic had not seen. Um, and it was, you know, the Toronto Raptors, a very good defensive team. Same to be said about the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, during the bubble, they've kind of lost a step uh, with their defense for whatever reason, whether it be communicating or, or whatever it may be. But uh, I expect the Magic to see uh, a more fine-tuned Milwaukee defense tomorrow. But um, I, I So I think the key is going to just be matching that intensity, um, going for those 50-50 balls, um, making sure that it, there was a, a clip that I think a lot of Magic fans have seen at this point um, where – this guy on YouTube, I can't remember his name, but he he breaks down you know a lot of a lot of games um, in the NBA and from an X's and O's standpoint. And one thing that Terrence Ross did uh, yesterday that was really impressive that um, the Magic kind of did it as a whole. Um, this is just one specific example, but um, you know when when a man when when someone's man was going up high to set the screen, Coach um, Daniel. Just throw, oh, okay, that's the name. YouTuber's yep, name. Just yep. want to give him credit. Yeah, of course. So. Um, Anyway, he's running up to set the screen. I don't remember which player it was for the Bucks, but goes up to set the screen, and uh, and Terrence just kind of pushes off into him with his forearm and doesn't allow him to set that screen. As a result, the whole play breaks down, um, and, and the Bucks are, are forced to settle for a jump shot that they don't want to take. So uh, that'll be the big thing tomorrow. Is you know the the good news is you can still replicate things like that to, in in game two. Uh, the effort. You know, getting people um, to to not be able to set those screens um, is just an effort thing, and if you if you uh, you know are firm enough and, and and you know aggressive enough, then you can make those things happen. You can make plays blow up. So that would be a, a huge key for tomorrow is to have that same tenacity that they had, um, because Milwaukee and and, and Budenholzer are going to have uh, a long talk in the film room today and probably early tomorrow about what they need to do and get it figured out. Budenholzer is a great coach, so I expect them to come out with a better game plan tomorrow. Um, but it, it, it will be a, a taller task than even game one. Um, and, you know, I, don't be surprised if it doesn't go our way tomorrow because they're going to come out fighting, and it just really comes down to the Magic doing the good things. Um, you know, getting back in transition is a huge thing uh, that the Magic do anyway. Uh, but yesterday executed it very well. It's pretty much just sticking to the plan that Clifford has and buying in, which I think they've done. I think really, if you encapsulate those those two those couple things, then um, the Magic should be at least able to hang in there tomorrow. 
Yeah, for me, this whole, you know, I talked about this when you kind of Houdini'd on us, but um, the whole thing really comes down to are the Magic going to be able to match that intensity, that effort, that focus that you know the Bucks are going to come with now. Bucks kind of yeah. overlooked the Magic game one, didn't really prepare, it seems like, the way that they should have. Uh, but you know, you know, they're not, they don't want to go down 2-0 to anybody, especially not, you know, the A seed being the one seed. Uh, and then it's those small things like you talked about. It's the attention to detail. Um, mm-hmm. There were a couple of times when the, the Bucks started to come back yesterday where you kind of saw that uh, attention to detail start to slip a little bit, whether it was a miscommunication um, offensively uh, or if it was a misassignment defensively, like stuff like that. You know, Philip Rossman Reich always does a great job locked on magic, talking about how the magic have basically no margin for error, especially when they're t- playing a team like the Bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bucks did not play all that well yesterday. Um, and at times, you, it just felt like the Magic were playing perfectly. The Magic were doing everything that they need to do. Um, a huge thing for me in this series, Luke, uh, is the fact that there's no home court advantage, right? So yesterday, it's not like the Magic had to go into Milwaukee right. uh, to play the Bucks. On that same token, the Magic come out and get blown out tomorrow. They can't mm-hmm. then say, okay, we still home court advantage. Now we're going home to play in front of our fans. They're going to have to play with the same level of intensity, focus, attention to detail, every single game or this series can get out of hand really really quickly yeah and that's probably one of the bigger things also to to note is being in this bubble not being a you know a home crowd um is going to be you know pretty pivotal um on both sides yesterday if you look at those times where the bucks made a run and they get within one point um i'm pretty convinced that the magic don't re-extend the lead when the Bucks get within one if they are in Milwaukee in the playoffs in game one where the Bucks really need to pick me up that crowd is going insane um, really giving them the energy that they need especially guys like Giannis and Chris Middleton and Chris Middleton being someone who struggled yesterday um, he might be someone that really thrives off of that uh, home crowd energy so I think that uh, that's a huge a huge thing um, so it really balances the playing field I think um, and and kind of makes it just about you know the the player skill and and takes away the fans and momentum and um, some momentum at least and and what that brings to the table in the atmosphere. Well, you just kind of touched on it, you know, talking about um, you know the when they came back, you know, down by one, um, you know, the crowd wasn't really there to kind of get behind them and get them over that hump. And Gary Clark alluded to that as well yesterday um, mm-hmm. after the game. You know those those drives where Giannis, you know, drives into the lane, spins and dunks on everybody. They're in Milwaukee. The entire momentum of the game changes at that point because of the energy from the crowd. Yeah. Giannis does that in the bubble, and it's like, all right, the next play. Like, that's literally what Gary said. Giannis has a great dunk. Okay, we got to go back down to the other end and answer. You're not feeling the energy, the hostility from the fans. Yeah, and that's where, obviously, bench support comes in really heavily. Um, you know that bench has to be has to get going and, and really encourage their guys um, as they make good plays to to be that that you know the the energy that they need um, and the source to get it from. So I, I think it'll be interesting to kind of see how this goes. I mean, Jonathan, hopefully this is kind of a uh, one-time thing with this NBA bubble, especially in the playoffs. Um, because I do miss the fans. I miss seeing you know crowd shots of the fans going nuts and hearing them audibly from my television, uh, being in Amway and yeah. hearing everybody. Oh I mean, I miss that a lot. But, I mean, 
when you're a team like Orlando, you get what you get and you roll with it. And playing against a team like the Bucks, got to be thankful that you're not playing on the road. And it is just all on a neutral court site with no fans besides the virtual ones. And the only advantage the other team has is that they have signage if they're home team throughout the arena. That's it. Yep. We Well, the good thing is about this bubble, uh, really about the playoffs in general, is that we don't have to wait that long to get these answered, you know, these questions answered. Magic are back at it tomorrow, 6 o'clock p.m. on ESPN. And let me ask you that, Luke, and, and um, you know, listeners, uh, I'd be curious to hear you guys uh, as well. Um, do you watch these playoff games on ESPN or do you roll with Fox Sports Florida? Um, so tomorrow I'm. I might have to – I might watch – I'll probably watch Fox Sports Florida. We um, might have lost Luke again there. Hello? Can you Are hear you me? Are you there? Yeah, I, I hear you. You, got, you cut out for a couple moments there. Oh, okay. Um, no, all I was saying is um, when the game's on ESPN, I might flip back and forth to see what they're saying um, about Orlando and kind of what you know what, what all the stuff is that they're, they're going through and talking about the game. But um, TNT – I will confess, I watched the whole thing on TNT yesterday, um, and um, I hope David Steele's not listening to the uh, pod right you know, now. Yeah, I know. And uh, but tomorrow, I think I'll probably find myself watching Fox Sports Florida. I just ESPN doesn't really do it for me. Um, I really like TNT's crew all the way around, so um, it'll it, you know I'll be listening for sure through Fox Sports tomorrow. I think. Yeah, I def- I I stick with the with the home team. I stick with David Steele, Jeff Turner, you know Brian Hill, Dante Marcatelli. And then I record the stuff from the TNT stuff, and if I want to go back and, and listen to that, or especially like the halftime and, and post game stuff, especially with Shaq, Charles, EJ, you know, Kenny, yeah. those guys are, are just amazing and, and always you know so much fun to watch. By the way, shout out Charles Barkley, who at halftime said uh, the Buck definitively the Bucks are winning this game. Uh, he's like, I'm not worried, but the Bucks are going to win this game. Uh, you know, but that's also the same guy that said that the Blazers, if they won game one, that's, which spoiler alert, they did, that they would sweep the series. That's where I was so, going next. So, so, you know, Chuck is, uh, Chuck can be a little bit of, of you know, it's what you expect out of Charles Barkley. Um, I, but you, you love him either way, to be honest. He's inter- I he's, do. I mean, what he's got going for him is that he's entertaining. He's very entertaining. Might not really have the best takes. But, uh, you know, television isn't really for takes. It's all about the, the entertainment provided. Hey, we don't always have the best takes, but, you know, we, we try to entertain. You know what I mean? What, what yeah. more can you ask? We try to have good Wi-Fi, too, but sometimes, you know, that doesn't uh, happen either. You know, it, yeah. What, what are you going to do about it? You I know, know what I mean? I but anyways, Luke, that's, that's really all I've got. I, uh, I kind of gave most of my content while you were missing. So yeah. uh, I don't know if you have anything else. Uh, but like I said, we're back at it tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see how it all works. I'm excited to really see how the Bucks handle the pick and roll tomorrow. Um, through the season, they had a really, uh, you know, when, when teams teams like uh, that had, that you know teams like the Sixers who have Al Horford um, really thrived against Milwaukee uh, a couple times this year solely because Brooke, uh, Lopez won't go out to to the, to the three point line. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they what they decide to do tomorrow, how Budenholzer responds. It's definitely going to be a coaching battle tomorrow, um, and and it, hopefully our team can execute and Vucevic can knock down those contested shots as well as Markel, um, and and hopefully T. Ross can kind of get a boost as well. While the Milwaukee Bucks are all focusing on Vucevic on 
pick and rolls and, and all that. And we can keep getting off-ball screens for Terrence Ross, something they did really well yesterday. Well, I think, uh, you know, Clifford talked about it after the game, the fact that, like, the scouting report on Terrence is, like, threes. So, basically, the you know, things that he was doing yesterday, you know, uh, cutting off the ball, like you mentioned, the off-ball screens. Uh, but even, you know, when he had the ball in his hands, uh, did a good job a couple times of getting to the rim, getting fouled, getting to the free throw line. So if he can continue to do that at a high clip, that's going to bode for us uh, really well. Uh, if Vucevic continues to shoot the ball the way that he is, you know, you mentioned the pick and roll coverage. If Brooke Lopez is going to drop and, you know, stay back and try to protect the rim, if Vuce can continue, I mean, right now he, I think he's shooting over 50% from three <laughs> in this series. He was five for eight yesterday. If he shoots close to 40% in this series from three, that's going to be huge for the Magic. Um, we've also got people in the chat asking um, if AG – uh, comes back whose minutes does he cut into I would just have to think he's going to cut into some of those minutes where Kem and Vooch are on the floor at the same time and then obviously probably Gary Clark as well yeah. um, I don't know your thoughts on that we'll have to wait and see if Aaron is kind of eased back hamstring yeah. is definitely something that you don't want to mess around with it's something that can uh, definitely linger so we'll just have to wait and see on that yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think they said today that Cliff was going to have AG go through some two-on-two stuff after practice, see how his, uh, how it felt tomorrow morning, and then roll with it from there. So I think you're looking at a limited you know, minute restriction, uh, definitely a minute restriction tomorrow if he is back at all. Hopefully we get some more news on MCW pretty soon. Um, he was um, doubtful yesterday, um, whereas AG was just questionable. So you got to think MCW's a little bit behind him. Maybe right. we get him back for game three or four, um, hopefully. But, yep, uh, the Magic going to have to continue to be disruptive on defense, continue to execute the game plan. They've got the game plan that they need. Um, I'm interested to see Cliff's on-the-fly um, adjustments. Yesterday you had Giannis and Middleton combined for 11 assists and also nine turnovers. So um, that's those active hands. Vooch had a really good play yesterday um, where he just – I mean, they were trying to skip past the ball um, really from baseline to baseline, and Vooch just kind of reached his hand up there and grabbed it, and you know something you don't see too often from Vooch. So um, active hands, effort are really what's going to get the job done for the Magic. Last thing that I want to say as it pertains to Steve Clifford, I, I feel like I've been completely justified in a lot of the criticisms that I've had of Steve Clifford uh, over the, you know, the, the, the last you know, year or so. The, it, it feels like this season has lasted a year. We're like two months away from it actually lasting a year. Um, but um, what I will say is people that are saying that Steve Clifford is not a good coach, something that I've never said, um, I have my issues with him. Um, but yesterday he showed you that he is not a bad coach. You yeah. don't get that roster to play that well, that focused, that locked in if you're a bad coach. It just does mm -hmm. not happen. So if you're one of these guys that says Steve Clifford's not a good coach, we need to, to fire Steve Clifford. I would just point you to yesterday you, to, to you show wild. you why. Yeah. You, you wild. wrong. Uh-huh. You wrong. Very, very. I think Cliffs did a great job yesterday. Um, and, you know, it's, it's going to be really fun to see that battle tomorrow. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for listening once again to the six-man show. Luke and I are going to try to do this, uh, you know, either the night of or the, the next day after each one of the playoff games. Hopefully we have many, many more. It would just be incredible if we were able to upset the Bucks. Um, I feel much better about the possibilities of that. Uh, long shot as it still might be, um, I definitely feel better about that than I did, you know, 
26, 27 hours ago. So Yep, tomorrow tomorrow's a big one. Can change the whole series either way. So Absolutely. Well thank you guys so much for listening. Uh make sure to come back. We're gonna try to be your playoff home for the Orlando Magic as far as podcasts go. But for Luke, this has been Jonathan, and we will catch you guys next time. Go magic. See ya! Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!